Who is it? It's me, Dave. Open up, man. I got the stuff. Who is it? It's me, Dave, man. Open up. I got the stuff. Who? It's Dave, man. Open up. I think the cops saw me come in here. Who is it? It's it's Dave, man. Will you open up? I got the stuff with me. Who? Dave, man. Open up. Dave? Yeah, Dave. Come on, man. Open up. I think the cops Dave's saw me. Dave's not here. No, man. I'm Dave, man. Hey, come on, man. Who is it? It's Dave, man. Will you open up? I got the stuff with Who? me. Dave, man, open up. Dave? Yeah, Dave. Dave's not here. No, man, I am Dave, man. Will you? Come on. Open up the door, will you? I got the stuff with me. I think the cops saw Who me. Who is it? Oh, what the hell is it? Go, man, open up the door. It's Dave. Who? Dave, D-A-V-E. Will you open up the goddamn Dave? door? Yeah, Dave. Dave? Right, man, Dave. Now, will you open up the door? Dave's not here. Oh. <laughs> Radio Drome. Welcome to another Wasted Thursday Night. There's a double entendre there. You'll see what I mean. I am Josh Hadley. With me, as always, is Cecil T. Robot. I'm not high. <laughs> and you can hear the laughter in the background is our new regular, Peter, the cinemasochist, which I don't know if he's secretly a cinema sadist or a cinesadist as well, but welcome, Peter. Hey, fellas. How you doing? And then demanding his spot is because there's no way I could do this topic without Charlie the Stoner himself, McMullen. I'm not low. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've ever worked with you when you were. A uh, long, long time ago. That's not. I'm not gonna make that same mistake again. Yeah, no. That that was that was just one of those nights all of us regretted. My sober Hadley night. <laughs> I think that was the night we, we. I think that was the first night we ever met, and you walked away with, I believe the quote was, "God, he's an asshole." Yeah. <laughs> first time I ever right. talked to. First time I ever talked to Josh on a podcast. I was leaving Jowski's house, and I'm like, "God, that guy's kind of a fucking asshole." <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of fucking assholes, you could go to AdamandEve.com. It's like these, like these segments yes! write themselves, right, Charlie? <laughs> You could go to adamandeve.com and use the promo code DROME, and you would get 10 free gifts. You'd get six free DVDs, a free mystery gift, a gift for him, a gift for her, and free U.S. shipping, all for using the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com. Now, the reason that I had to have Charlie on is we're going to be talking about stoner movies tonight. And I, and I know that's sort of a wider genre than I think people are willing to give it. When you think of a stoner movie, what's the one you go to immediately? Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Not a bad choice. Stoner movie? Uh, probably. Well, see, okay, first of all, Peter, welcome to the Hadleyverse, and here's the first rule of living here. <laughs> uh, 
You need to set your terms down very closely, because in preparation for this episode, I started thinking of a bunch of different movies, and then started to ask myself, what constitutes a stoner movie? Is it a movie about being stoned, or a, a movie wherein the characters are stoners, and that's just incidental, and it's about something else? Uh, a movie made by stoners? Uh, it's a very broad definition. Uh, Fear and Loathing Las Vegas is a good one. I don't know, my favorite stoner movie is probably Up in Smoke, if I had to pick one. That's another good choice. My personal stoner movie, um, Half-Baked. And I'm not, dude, I've never, believe it or not, I've never smoked weed. And, I mean, maybe that's why I find it funny. Because I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I have no You're just laughing. You're laughing at them, not with them. And then mine, I got to go with Charlie. Up in Smoke. I was going to say pretty much all of Cheech and Chong's filmography, but those aren't all stoner movies. Charlie, you you brought up the whole what makes a stoner movie. That was going to be my next question, actually. You know what? You being a stoner, you read my mind. I think it's, you're finally, your, your powers are finally developing. You just don't get the cape until you actually save a, save a chick from a falling building. We're on the same page, but it's stuck to another page. No, you, you used it as rolling paper. <laughs> what does constitute a stoner movie? Is it something where the characters act in what we would call the typical stoner way is it a movie that is about weed or any kind of drug really i mean would a movie like blow with johnny depp be a stoner movie it technically should be but then i consider bill and ted's excellent adventure to be a stoner movie and nobody gets high in that entire film but it, it feels like a stoner film so what is your criteria for a stoner movie the definition that i'm probably most comfortable with is just a movie made for the stoner audience Something uh, high people would find funny, like the end, like the last 20 extra boring minutes of 2001. Right, exactly. I mean, under under that rationale, it does make Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure a stoner movie, because that was 100% made for the stoner audience of the time. <laughs> same thing with, uh, if you want like a more contemporary reference, same thing with the interview. There's no, well, there's very little pot smoking in that movie, but it's very much made for the stoner audience, just in terms of everything about it. So that's that's what I think a stoner movie is. It doesn't necessarily have to be about drugs or future drug use. It just has to be made for that kind of an audience. I definitely agree with what Charlie's saying is that it doesn't necessarily have to have drug use. Like I full on agree that the Bill and Ted films are definitely stoner films. And no, they don't. I don't think they light up a single joint. Or even do they even get drunk in those movies? I don't think they do. I think they get um, drunk. They no, ordered no, beers. They in order the, beer in the, in the old, in the old west. west. Yeah, right, they yeah. Beer in they the them, but they ordered them. Yes. Yeah. So definitely something that's made for the stoner audience, and of course, it can also be something that contains that can contain a lot of heavy drug use in it, but at the same time, shot in a certain way where if you watch it high, it'll make the experience you know fit for a stoner. Like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is something that you can both enjoy when you're sober, but when you're messed up, like it makes it all that much more entertaining because they shoot it in a way like the the characters are experiencing that high. So I would almost it, it, think Fear and Loathing would be scary if you're stoned. Oh, it is, trust me. It's terrifying. Um but it's it's an experience worth uh, worth trying out. But yeah, I agree. It's it's one of those it's one of those kind of things where it doesn't necessarily has have to have drug use in order to be a stoner film because like I consider stuff like the Broken Lizard movies to absolutely be stoner films like I think Super Troopers is a stoner film um, like Camp Dread is a stoner film because it's just it's just stupid dumb random sort of humor it doesn't you don't have to see anybody sparking anything up for it to constitute as what it is 
stoner movies are are weird because like there are people that consider the Wizard of Oz a freaking stoner movie. So <laughs> that's and, just because high people have a thing for short people. Yeah. Well, it's 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 all the different colors and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's also kind of a more of a drop in acid kind of thing. But um, I, I think stoner movies are more along the lines of the the Cheech and Chongs and the Fridays and that kind of stuff usually there is some sort of drug use in there always has to be a comedy because you never like a movie like blow like isn't isn't blow serious <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's like it's a really so, heavy biopic yeah. yeah if if you're high and you're watching blow like that's that's gonna just freak you out like you're not gonna have you know a good time so the, I've the never thing done is that, the, but I have watched Intervention while I was high, and that kind of made me oh. feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see that really being bad. You know, am I having an intervention? What? The TV talking to me? But I, I could I, see I, Videodrome. If you're high, Videodrome is probably the scariest film ever. That's oh, it's probably terrifying. I'm, I do want to try that out at some point. I don't, I don't know if I can. Charlie, have you tried that one yet? Uh, Videodrome, no. Uh, cable Guy, yes. That was freaky for different reasons, though. I don't know. Well, I mean, it also depends on, on what you're high on. Like, I've I've never done anything stronger than marijuana, and I don't think... I mean, it's not like a hallucinogenic thing. It's just more... It's just funner to watch when you're when you're stoned. I mean, I, I could say the same thing about f***ing Rachel Ray, and I would mean it. Because, <laughs> and, <laughs> I, w- I would speak from experience. It just... I don't know. Any anything anytime you're being passively entertained by something, it's it's better to do it while you're stoned. You're just well, more things, receptive to it. Well, things Fun. just tend to be funnier when you're when you're stoned usually because everything yeah. just gets kind of dumbed down and slowed down. Like I'm, I can be high and just having a conversation with my friend, and he'll be he'll just be passionately be telling me about something like some goal he's accomplished recently or something, and not even trying to be rude or anything. I just start laughing. And I yeah. feel so bad because I'm so self-conscious about, like, I know that I'm doing it and I can't hold it back. Like, I just start laughing my ass off and he's still trying to explain and tell me about it. And I'm just, I just lose it. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's, so yeah, really Rachel Ray, watching Rachel Ray, Ray can be like a stoner show if you're, if you're the right kind of high. I can only imagine what Gordon Ramsay would be like. Oh man, that'd be scary. It'd be like he's yelling at you through the freaking TV. God These damn. mushrooms are so are so raw. The princess is in another kingdom. <laughs> See, and and if I was there and if I was stoned, I would I would be scared, but I would also say a solid reference, man. What is it about? No, not necessarily stoner films in this question, but the stoner-ish characters in movies that, as Cecil pointed out, they're almost always comedies. But what is it that draws the audience to them? Is it that they're represented representative of a subculture, or is it just it's funny to watch high people when you're when you're sober to watch high people do stupid shit? Uh, I think it's that. I think it's uh, just watching high people do stupid shit, like uh, the Harold and Kumar movies are just are so freaking funny. It's like oh they're gonna get high again. Well, and the then, first one was. Uh, I liked all three of them. Come on. I, I thought the actual, some of the non-stoner jokes were the best ones in those. The, the racial jokes were the funniest ones. Oh, I, I don't disagree that sometimes certain stoner movies go too far into the stoner humor where it's like, all right, yeah, all right, they're high. Okay, yeah, they're high. And still, you know, you could kind of do a little bit more than that. Sometimes it works, but a lot of times they do kind of just drag on a little bit too long with just the pot humor. But um, 
it's uh shit, now i forget what <laughs> am i am i sure i'm not high jesus are you getting a contact high from charlie i think so i don't know if, i don't know if skype can actually do that but i think we just proved it the wi-fi signal in colorado is really really strong it, it might happen the thing about a, a a stoner character what makes them work really well is they they'll add levity and in a comedy it's already something that's funny but they can work really well in a horror film like there's a lot of stoner-based humor and even like the Friday the 13th series, like Friday the 13th Part 3. Because they're very much like you can... I'm not even that... I haven't even seen that many of the Cheech and Chong movies, but even I could see that they're kind of a, a parody on that kind of stuff. And characters like that in, in a darker film, in a film that has, you know, violence and horrific stuff in it, if you throw in char characters that the audience can laugh at every now and then, it, it can add that levity and it can open up a lot more room to, to do something scary and to shock the audience more because you get them laughing and then you freak them out. I, I kind of agree with what Peter was saying. I think uh, stoner characters are the funnest characters to write for because, I mean, it's like writing a joke every time they every time they speak. If you look at the dialogue in Pineapple Express, like early on in the movie, there's a conversation between uh, James Franco and Seth Rogen uh, and then later with uh, Danny McBride, I would I would like to know how much of that was improvised and how much of that was scripted because when you have stoner movies where the majority of the characters are stoned, it's just it's a really fertile ground for comedy because those that's the best kind of comedy to write is just the stupid things you can say, but it but it can't just be stupid; it has to be stone stupid. What about the stoner movie that or the type of stoner movie that where it has those characters? It has plenty of jokes for people who are not into the pot humor, like the Cheech and Chong movies. I'd say all of them, all, every one of the Cheech and Chong movies that actually dealt with them in their drug era, leaving Corchigan Brothers out of that for right now, they have so many jokes that don't have anything to do with drugs that you can enjoy these movies whether you get into stoner culture at all or if you're a stoner. Mm. Charlie, I know you're a huge Cheech and Chong fan. Am I wrong on that? No, you're not wrong at all. Especially like some of the some of the back and forth bits in Up in the Smoke between uh, Tommy Chong and Stacy Keach, uh, and even more when you get into like Still Smoking, where it's just pretty much an anthology of filmed sketches. It's Cheech and Chong are pretty much vaudeville for stoners. Like if it was vaudeville translated into stoned, that's what Cheech and Chong would be. Because <laughs> the the principles of comedy that have been used for thousands of years are still at work. They're just taking that same kind of structure and uh, and repackaging it for their time in history, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, I already talked about Friday the 13th and uh, horror movies in general that, that uh, tend to incorporate those kind of characters. But I guess that could be, you know, let's see, I think I brought up Super Troopers earlier. Mm -hmm. Like you have, Which you is have a genuinely funny movie. Oh, I love that movie. And one of the best scenes in that movie is at the beginning where you have the guys trying to drive over the Canadian border and, you know, the guy in the back eats all the shrooms and all the weed, and he's the only guy in the scene that's high. And then everything else, like it's everybody's sober. The cops are the cops are being sober to mess with them, and they're playing with the dude that's high. And then everything else in the movie, it's you know, it's got the cop humor and other satirical nonsense. And then it, it'll go to scenes where you know they're getting high and they're watching that Johnny Chimpo tape or whatever. So I think. Um, Movies like the Broken Lizard movies really balance that out quite well because you'll have characters that do get high or do get drunk, but at the same time, they'll also be on a sober, grounded level and still make really funny jokes at the same time. Yeah, the, the Broken Lizard movies are, are just fantastic because 
The only one I haven't seen all the way through was uh, Dukes of Hazard. You had uh, Super Troopers, which was totally a stoner movie. And then mm. you had Club Dread, which was also a stoner movie. But it's been a while since I've seen it. But I don't even think they actually get high in that movie. I think like is Bill, it? I, uh, think I think Bill Paxton does when they're all yeah, freaking out. Right. Well, I think was it? I, I think at like one point yeah, they're sitting around the fire when he's he's coking up Pete and they're doing well, the, like one. The the DJ had <laughs> drugs like all the time. That was pretty much his character. Okay, I got to go back and watch that again then, because I haven't seen. I In just Club Red, like I think the opening scene, they're they're smoking a joint because they were. They, it was a wink at the at the slasher movie trope of yeah. if you if you have premarital sex or smoke pot, then you're gonna you're gonna be among the first to die. Okay, I think one of the one of their movies that doesn't have a whole lot of drug use, I, I believe, might be Slammin' Salmon. That's mm-hmm. the only one I have not seen yet. No I actually I, I remember in that one. I loved that one. I thought that one was hilarious. A lot of drinking, of the, but not a lot of pot humor in there. One of the last uh, Michael Clark Duncan movies, I think. Yeah. Doesn't Lance Henriksen play himself in that? He, yes, he, he does. plays. He plays Dick Lobo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's another. Since Lobo means wolf, is that like a yeah. Law and Order joke? Yeah, because he he plays the executive producer of like a really heavily melodramatic cop show. <laughs> yes. Okay. Th- then I got the joke on a different level, but okay. What about a movie that that treats the stoners? in a ridiculous manner but they're also your heroes so you have to they have to be given some kind of trait that's beyond being a stoner like the big lebowski mm. i mean all of these characters are losers but <laughs> they make you care about them even if they're stoners do, do movies like that do you think work for a mass audience um it depends on how likable the stoner character is like there's some stoners where you're just like oh god why isn't this guy dead and then you have other ones like um a movie i know you you dislike cabin in the woods where the stoner actually ends up being the hero because the pot that he had was his own special brand of pot and it wasn't the um chemically altered pot that would have made him you know and the rest of them stupid so he ends up it was, you know, it was protecting him from the subliminal suggestions exactly yeah you know so so yeah so in that case the the stoner actually ended up being the hero and uh that's happened in a, in a few movies where a lot of times you'll have uh, the stoner and you think that they're like the idiot but then they actually come around and you're like oh they're they're not they're actually really smart and uh, you know they have uh, create you know creative and whatnot, and sometimes they're funny. A lot of times it does go a little bit too far, and then you're just like, oh, I hate this character. So it is a very fine line that you have to skirt to make them likable and stoners. There's definitely examples of this, like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, for example. It uh, pretty much depicts Hunter Thompson as this weird anti-heroic kind of character. You're following this guy on his adventures, and he's completely. You know, he's gonzo. He's messed up out of his mind, but you're still following him along like it's this epic journey, like he's a character that you're rooting for. Same with, uh, I just saw Where the Buffalo Roam, actually, the other week. with, with, nice. with uh Yeah, that's, that was awesome. Another fantastic Hunter Thompson film. And you're really, the way he's depicted, like, yeah, he's a stoner, but this is this is this, like, righteous character that you're really rooting for the entire way, even... Even if he's high every every single waking second of the day, I I think that uh, now that there are states in America where marijuana is legalized, I'm looking forward to more positive portrayal of stoners in the media. Because when you think about like 
what it what it means to be a stoner in 2015. I was reminded of this for an episode of uh, of what the fuck recently, where we were talking about the CIA initiating drug tests, uh, specifically looking for marijuana. And it's just now that we have more information about it, I'm I'm looking forward to more stoner characters like Pat Oswalt, Seth Rogen. I know you don't really care for him, and he definitely has his annoying moments. Uh, guilt trip. Uh, Green Hornet. Not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Green Hornet was 90 of those annoying moments. I think guys like uh, Seth Rogen, James Franco, Patton Oswalt, a lot like Hannibal Burris, like a lot of people on TV, stuff like that. Donors aren't really idiots. They're just people that have chosen pot to numb themselves while you choose something else. You know what I mean? There are the idiots out there, and they are movies that, I don't know if glorify is the right word, but use them as the main characters. There's the darker side of the stoner. Usually not pot. This is the heroin addict movies or some kind of a space drug or whatnot. The deep descents. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm thinking of John Dies at the end. That, that, right. That's a drug movie. That's a that stoner was a space movie. drug. I, I that's, think John oh, that's at, a magnificent stoner movie. Yeah, oh, yes, John it Dies is. at the end is a, is a damn stoner movie. It, it is when you think about it. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that or like The Salt and Sea, which really shows just how far drugs can pull you down. Do you think there's a difference between a drug movie and a stoner movie? Well, yeah, because there are movies that show the the negative aspects of it, obviously. Um, we were talking about Blow earlier. This is, you know, the cocaine trafficking and how bad things can happen. Wolf on Wall Street is another one that shows how bad that can get. You know, that's that's definitely not a movie that's glorifying it. This is showing you that, like, the kind of scumbags that take it and the kind of ramifications that come with overdosing... That lewd scene in Wolf of Wall Street was insane. I would definitely consider that movie more of a like it's not it's it's a movie about Wall Street, obviously, but it's more of a drug movie than it is a stoner film because it's not really it's it doesn't. I mean, obviously, the characters are having fun when they're doing it, but you're not exactly meant to see it as fun because you're always seeing uh, the consequences. Like, you know, when he's landing the helicopter and he sets off the alarms and his friend that dies of the, the heart attack and obviously gets sent to prison. There are films that show the, the negative aspects of it, and I think that's that's one of them for sure. Absolutely, because usually stoner movies are usually lighthearted and fun and funny, and maybe they kind of go through a little bit of turmoil, but it's never really like that bad. You know, like the cops will be threatening to send them to jail if they catch them with pot, but then like they're always doing some kind of wacky thing where they're getting out of it, whereas... A drug movie. The Salt and Sea's dark. But yeah, I mean that's the thing. The uh, like a drug movie is more dark. You know, less less than zero. That kind of thing. It's that's more uh, almost like a. This is why you shouldn't get addicted to drugs because there's the whole bad side to it. Uh, what was the one? The Michael Douglas one a few years ago. Traffic. 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 Yeah, like that Traffic's was a another fantastic one. Fantastic film. Oh, great movie, but whoa, yeah, just like. Hey, drugs are bad. Have any of you seen 2008's Alien Raiders? Uh, no. No. I don't recall Alien Raiders, no. It's it's basically aliens take over a supermarket. They're slug-like aliens that take over human bodies, and they're looking for a place for their queen to breathe. It's a very serious film. All of the good guys are ex-heroin addicts. Because their bodies have been so polluted with heroin... The aliens cannot gestate inside them. So the only people on Earth who cannot be taken over and used as hosts are heroin addicts. That's a strange way to use a drug character, isn't it? 
It kind of is, yeah. You know, it's not necessarily glorifying it, but it's not what you would think that movie, you know, the place a movie would go. I yeah. kind of like when they play against your expectations like that. But then you've, you've got you've got other ones that, like, you know, there's the Cheech and Chong movies and Pineapple Express. Like, there's Dazed and Confused. I just didn't like Dazed and Confused. I don't know why everyone loves that movie. I just, I don't get it. You know, that's one where I feel like I should like it because the cast is ridiculous um, it's well made. I just can't get into it. It's it's well made. It's just it's it's really slow, and I don't like anybody. Which I don't mind because there's a lot of movies where it's like okay, everyone is an asshole, but this is still a good movie. But this one, I I don't I just don't care. Maybe it's because it's like not my my time. Watched like a half hour of it. And it was, I mean, it was cool seeing all those actors, you know, from, from back then, like before they really became uh, the stars they are now. But it, it's just, I'm watching it and I'm like, I just don't care. I don't like anybody and it's boring and, and this sucks. I mean, it's it's got a good soundtrack, but I, I just never could get into uh, Days of Confused. I'll give it credit for being the start for a lot of uh, bigger actors that we're seeing today, like Mila Jovovich and Matthew McConaughey and Ben Affleck, but... Uh, Quite frankly, I really don't really like high school movies, so it, uh, I think it sucks. McConaughey's best work ever, when he had a robot leg with a remote control. Yes. <laughs> I don't even like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And Renee Zellweger, for that matter. That too. I don't even like that movie. I hate Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, but the only thing worth watching about that film is Matthew McConaughey. That is quite possibly the most spastic performance that I can think of. It's great. I, I liked it. Um, I didn't see it until, like, way later, until I was, like, in my mid-20s. Everybody I knew in high school was talking it up all the time. I, I just never got around to seeing it. And I didn't... I don't think it really lived up to all the hype. Uh, because it was it was good performances, uh, like, individually. I think that movie kind of screwed itself by trying to have too many of the lovable one-liner stoner characters. Because there are a couple of them competing for that title when you watch the movie and it comes off as every character talking with the same voice and that's just bad bad movie making but other than that it's 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 not a bad movie i just don't think it was the the citizen kane of stoner movies that people have built it up to be lovable stoner characters do you think that movies nowadays when they do include a stoner character or even if it's arguably the main plot it's become a parody of itself like Jay from Jay, any of the Jay and Silent Bob appearances or anything like that. Do you think that the stoner character is now a caricature instead of a character? I think it's been a caricature for a long time. I think it's been a caricature since the Cheech and Chong movies because just mentioning Friday the 13th Part 3, again, like the, the stoner characters in that film are direct parodies of Cheech and Chong. And uh, to mention Freddy versus Jason, yeah, there's a character in that that's a caricature of Jay from Jay and Silent Bob. So I think every time, every generation that has this kind of funny, iconic stoner character, most recent movies that will come out will try to capitalize it. So I think it's it's just something that's been going on for, for a long time, and it's going to keep happening. It's something that's going to continue, for sure, because it's just one of those tried-and-true things. You know, you're going to get the, uh, the slutty chick, you're going to get the arrogant jock, and you're going to get the stoner, and sometimes you're going to get the, the good, entertaining stoner, and sometimes you're going to get the I only want to get high and I'm annoying stoner. So mm. it's it's definitely uh, a caricature that's been around for a while, and it's just a trope that's not going to go away anytime soon. 
Do you think now, especially in 2015, where, as Charlie pointed out, there are two states where marijuana is legal and not to get too political, but they're estimating by the time the next president is elected, at least 15 more states will have legalized marijuana. Do you think that this will become more open or more closed off? Because you look at something like reefer madness and you think, you know, it wasn't even illegal in all 50 states when reefer madness was made. Do you think that that this it's going to become so wrapped into pop culture that we won't even have something called a stoner movie anymore? It'll just be an aspect of movies? I don't think we'll get to that point. I just think how long has it been since Prohibition and Broken Lizard still made Beer Fest and it's what I think is their funniest movie because that's that's some of the best written comedy I've ever heard in my life. Beer Fest is very funny and it I, I think as, as long as there's still an audience that will associate their identity in the case of Beer Fest with drinking in the case of This Is The End or Your Highness Smoking Pot, anytime there's an audience for it, it'll, it'll still be around and there's always going to be someone around who will just sort of looking at the screen, seeing someone smoking pot and thinking to themselves, hey, I smoke pot all the time. I can relate to that. I'm going to go see that. There's not really much I can I can add to that. It's it's something that uh, it's kind of hard for it to become something that's that's just ingrained into everything, because, you know, if, if there's going to be no such thing left as a stoner movie, then I don't know. I mean, things could get just as much to where there there wouldn't be any genre of of films, you know, like action or horror or comedy. So I think there's always going to be a place for specific stoner characters and specific stoner films because it can set itself apart just as much as anything else can. Yeah, I don't see stoner films going away if it ends up being completely legalized because it it will just, they'll have to put in the angle of where now uh, they'll get high, but they won't be chased by the cops. And Mm. if you look at some stoner movies, like the cops are never even a factor anyway. Then, you know, without the, you know, legal aspect of it, then it, it, it absolutely can continue, you know? Well, because see, the way I look at it is the, the reason I think it would change everything is that I think the Stoner movie does speak to a certain subculture. That subculture is much larger now than it was when, say, Cheech and Chong did it, or arguably what I consider the first modern Stoner film would be Easy Rider, really, back in, mm-hmm. back in the 60s. But they were speaking to a subculture at that point who was not represented in the mainstream culture. That's what what I think will change, that once stoners become more ubiquitous in as states start adding marijuana legally, I think it will become less of a subculture and more of a culture, and I don't think it works as well that way. Or I'm just reading way too much into it because I'm sober. I don't think you're reading too much into it, but I think what you're getting at is there will always be stoner movies as long as there are always people who don't like pot. Because the the subversiveness and the counterculture that that's all part of it, and it's always going to be part of it. I just think you know, like I I don't I recently quit drinking, so now I'm noticing all the uh, other people who don't drink but are really just assholes about it. Kind of it kind of makes me want to watch Beer Fest even though I don't drink anymore, just to sh- in my head shut someone like that up. So I I think there will always be cause for the subversive angle of the Stoner movie. Because even if it gets legal, there's there's still going to be be people who uh who don't get high, who don't smoke pot, who will be against it anyway, whether it's legal or not. Because as you said, there are people who don't drink that are strongly against it, and alcohol is legal and has been for many, many years. So I don't really think it's going to change anything. There's always going to be people that believe all those weird Michelle Bachman memes. Or people that think (laughs) Reefer Madness was a documentary. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
stoner culture works its way not into horror so much, but into the science fiction angle. Like you see a lot of science fiction movies, say they take place in another galaxy or in the future, that have a stoner character. I have found more often than not, those are the characters that stick out as being the most out of place. Dracula 3000. Coolio's character is so (laughs) out of... I can't believe I just said that, but yeah. Coolio's (laughs) character is so out of place in that movie, he takes an already stupid movie and drags it down because he is a late 90s pothead in the year 3000 on a spaceship fighting Dracula in the Draculon galaxy. (laughs) And yet he's the one who seems dumb, you know, or or you've even got, you know, the the two stoner characters in Heavy Metal. That, That sequence, it's funny, but that's the one that sticks out the most as sort of not feeling like it's part of the whole. Are yeah. you talking about those two aliens doing coke lines with a baseball, like with a baseline? Yeah. Thing? Okay. Yeah. Nose dive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. That, I mean, that how... really was like the most cartoonish part of that film. Yeah. Like the most sort no of wacky. I'm, no pun intended. I'm sure. Yeah. Like the, the, the wackiest sort of goofiest element of that film. And it's, it is very, you know, it's, it's stylized and it is cartoonish and, obviously out there but that's like the one part where it's like well this is basically just like if you took a looney tunes cartoon and added drugs to it like it just seems very weirdly out of place even for heavy metal which is already extremely out there didn't stop it from being my favorite part of that movie though it was still great it was was a great (laughs) scene oh no tarna getting dressed is the best part of that movie (laughs) it seems to me whenever they try to add a stoner character to science fiction or or a drug angle like the War of the Worlds TV series, which took place in Almost Tomorrow. There was a running plot line about how drugs were legalized at some point in the past. We don't, we never get an exact year that the show takes place. They were legalized at some point in the past, and society went down the shitter because of it. You know, even sometimes if you're trying to get a message, I don't know, the drug angle doesn't seem to work into science fiction as much. Even if it's something like Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, where you've got the Crystal Dream, which is kind of the MacGuffin of the film, but it sometimes just seems out of place. It depends. Sometimes, uh, usually it it works when they'll do some kind of drug that doesn't exist, where they'll be like, oh, you know, they're... they're Pure they're, crystal they're, dream, man. Yeah, crystal dream, or they're junkies on whatever. So, uh, and, and the thing with um, Harley Davidson, the Marlboro Man, the drugs isn't really... It, it's not really what kind of fuels it. It's like they're... They're going to steal the money from what they think is the bank, but then they end up taking the drugs and then they go to sell it back to the bank. So it's not really about the drugs. That's just kind of the illegal contraband that they ended up getting their hands on and they didn't want it. I don't know. With uh, with drugs in a science fiction movie, it, it usually uh, it it feels out of place because sometimes it's just kind of shoehorned in there. Um, Nuke. Oh, uh, but... <laughs> Yeah, but I, I, it's not an always case because I kind of dug Robocop 2. With, People with want Nuke. paradise and mm-hmm. they will have it. I think exactly. I need to cut it a little bit more. I can feel my teeth chattering. <laughs> when, well, when you when you add in this, the sci-fi angle, it makes more sense that that would be like a terrible thing about the story because whenever you think about drugs in a sci-fi movie, it's not like pot. Like there's no space weed. It's always something that's injected and like slow-mo or uh, liquid karma or like any any kind of like hor- horribly addictive like hardcore drug that's what you usually see in sci-fi movies because it's 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 easy to believe that society would be addicted to something on such a mass scale 
I actually it's... think slow mo was one of the cases where it works. Yeah, slow mo totally worked and was fantastic. One of the just most awesome visuals I well, I shouldn't say but one of so many amazing visuals came from the use of the slow mo in mm-hmm. in Dread. It was Mama's death. W- Jesus. Oh, oh when yeah, she gets thrown. Oh, so good. So that's a case of them actually doing it right. But but then isn't there still a little bit of preachiness even in movies like Peter? You brought up Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. It's become the horror movie trope that person who smokes weed gets killed. Is that sort of a a preachy angle, or is that was that a reflection of society of the eighties at that point that was sort of punishing drugs at the same time Wall Street was embracing it? Or am I adding way too much subtext to a Friday the Thirteenth film? They they punish everybody in those movies unless you're unless you're like the virgin that doesn't have sex you know they punish you for drinking they punish you for sleeping around and they punish you for for doing drugs so i don't really think it's necessarily just the drug users that are being punished it's sort of a morality play to begin with and uh i don't know if it was meant to be preachy or not i think um really what it was was because the killer gets stopped at the end right we're supposed to be rooting against the guy who's killing these people who are doing consensual things out of their own freedom. I think you are kind of looking at it the the other way. Like, yeah, these stoners are getting killed and these people having sex are getting killed, but ultimately in the end, the, the killer does get stopped. Well, see, I, I looked at it as more of like a, a Reagan-era sociopolitical meme, but I might be looking at it wrong because those, those early slasher films are right when Reagan came in and the, who, the whole new wave of the moral majority and the new Christian values engulfing the nation. And mm. the slasher films tended to reject or tended to reflect that or these were just knife kill movies that really had no agenda and they were following a formula. I think there probably was a little bit of an agenda at work. I think I remember reading an interview uh, a long time ago with Sean Cunningham uh, talking about how – uh, people get killed if they do things that are uh, quote unquote bad, just to take some of the uh, some of the stank off the off the on screen murder. You know what I mean? Like, of course, I'm not quoting. I don't think Sean Cunningham said stank in an interview. Yeah, it just doesn't sound like <laughs> yeah. stank, stank is more of a Charlie McMullen kind of word. It was it was just to take some of the stigma off off that person getting killed. Like uh, having premarital sex was uh, it's a good way to like preach to the to the mostly teenage audience how uh, this is a bad thing and. You know, bad things can get you killed. It's also a good way for the producers to have nudity in the movie, which will guarantee more ticket sales from these from these territories here. Uh, so I what, definitely what, think there is an agenda at work. That was what, what makes me think that, um, like, Sean Cunningham was probably saying that to sound good in an interview, while at the same time it's like, yeah, we're going to show some half-naked chicks in this movie, and people are going to go see it because of that. I think mm-hmm. um, it's, it's definitely kind of, it's a, it's a door that, sort of swings both ways because they want to they want to sound good for the press but at the same time they, they know who they're really marketing to they know what their audience is they're they're marketing to people who just want to go out and have a good time and get scared by something violent and you know see some boobies along the way and that interview is just part of a breadcrumb trail of smut that they're leaving for their real audience do you think there was something arguably puritanically preachy about the slasher films even though that's kind of an oxymoron no, I, I don't think it's that. I think it's just it was they were looking at. Uh, all right, well, what is your typical uh, teenager? Well, they're gonna get drunk, they're gonna get high, they're gonna uh, you know have lots of premarital sex, 
And then, uh, you know, we're going to have the killer come in and kill them for that. And I, I don't think that there was any kind of message there. I think it's just kind of that became the formula because uh, when horror movies were, uh, well, slasher movies were first taking off, you know, they, they kind of took the Halloween template and that's just kind of the story that went with that. And then they're, oh, well, this is what, you know, people want. They want to have some boobs and they want to have kids drinking and doing dumb things. And therefore, that kind of makes a little bit of sense as to why they're getting picked off so easily, because they're inebriated. They're not thinking clearly, so it's making it easier for the killer to kill them. Do you so, want to get high and have premarital sex? <laughs> and then smashed into a tree? Yeah. <laughs> Best scene in Jason X, and I love Fantastic that movie overall. That scene steals it. So do you, do you think that the Stoner movie has evolved since, say, the Cheech and Chong days to where they are now. And I don't just mean in technique. Aren't they basically the same films? Because a lot of the, a lot of Kevin Smith stuff, Jay and Silent Bob are basically parodies of Cheech and Chong. Is it really just still moving off the same template? Has the Stoner movie kind of hit an impasse where there's not really a lot of place for this subgenre to go? I wouldn't necessarily say, I would say... Jan Silent Bob are probably inspired in a way by Cheech and Chong because, you know, they're stoners, but they've they've kind of got, always got there's always something, there's some kind of wisdom that they end up sharing. Um I don't know if that's necessarily the case with Cheech and Chong. I'm kinda I'm kinda talking out my ass there because uh, I've never really seen too many of those movies. But uh with Jay and Silent Bob, while they're high, there there's always some kind of wisdom that Silent Bob will share at some point or or Jay will have a law of averages where he shares some some tidbit of wisdom. So it's hey 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 Peter, not mm. not not all girlfriends will bring you lasagna at work. There you go. Most of them just <laughs> cheat on you. What's wrong with you? You're mute. You're always telling that stupid Amy story. Now you can't you can't talk now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that it's become stagnant because uh, like I was surprised as hell when I saw uh, what was it? This is the end. Where that was a total stoner movie, but mm. that was creative as, as hell. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. It's like, all right, well, it's it's the end of the world. Uh, Freaking, uh, it's um, uh, what's it called? The um, rapture. Apocalypse. The rapture. rapture. Yes, the rapture. Thank you. It's the the rapture, and there's there's devils and stuff coming out and killing people, and they're all just gonna get really high and hide inside of uh, James Franco's house, and it just it. Like that to me showed that there's plenty of life left. It just has mm. to, uh, you know, you have to do it in a way that is still funny and unique and creative. I mean, you can still have the Cheech and Chong style stoner movies, but it's nice to see that they're actually doing stuff that's a little bit different and, and creative. I think I think this is the end is a really good example of like the uh, the Bible epic of, of stoner movies, because it. It was very much a stoner movie in all the aspects that we've been talking about for this whole episode. Uh, but it was also about something. And it included an angle of self-awareness that I think is going to serve movies and TV well in the future when it comes to stoner characters. A lot of people that smoke pot are very, like, all, almost too intelligent people that need an occasional break from, from their brain and what their brain does every day. And, so maybe and then the there's Charlie. And then, then there's me. I, I like to pass myself off as such, but I, I, really, I just like the smell. I, I don't like patchouli, and I, I have a dog. So <laughs> I think there is a bright future ahead for stoner cinema, though. It is going in the right direction. Like, one of my favorite 
uh, parts of This is the End is uh, after accepting that it is the rapture, but before all the uh, third act shit happens, they're just killing time with each other, and, they, and they're and they talking about their movies because they just shot a fake trailer for Pineapple Express 2. <laughs> My final thoughts on stoner movies are I'm totally straight edge when it comes to drugs, same as Cecil, and yet I find a lot of stoner movies funny, and I don't know why. The ones I like the most are the ones that have a lot of the humor that does not involve drugs. Those are the ones I like the most. Like That's one of the reasons I like the Cheech and Chong movies. Probably two-thirds of any given Cheech and Chong movie doesn't have anything to do with drugs, and that's why those movies are funny. Maybe I'm weird as the straight-edge guy who likes stoner movies. <sighs> I, uh, my whole life, uh, I've had uh, stoner friends, and I just, I've never felt the, the need or, or want. So, because I usually, I see how fucking stupid they'd get. So I just was <laughs> like, eh, you know what, that's not really for me. And and I, I don't know, I'm somebody who really does like to kind of keep my brain on, I guess you could say. Now, I'll drink a ton of caffeine so i mean that's kind of my drug of choice as far as pot i just never felt the the necessity to now on that i don't give a crap what you do that's your own thing i'm not one of those people that goes around preaching saying oh don't smoke pot don't do this whatever you know you're free to do whatever you want i enjoy a lot of the pot smoking movies because it is funny if it's done the right way because the the stoner humor it it appeals to me because i guess uh i've been around it for so long that I do see some stuff that I've seen my friends do, and it is funny when other people are doing it. And I guess that's why it, it appeals to me. Uh, I don't actually watch a whole lot of stoner movies. I mean, I, I've, I enjoy Kevin Smith's stuff, so I guess maybe that counts. But I mean, like I said, I've, I don't think I've seen an entire Cheech and Chong film. Um, you need to. I'll, I'll, I'll give him a shot, maybe. No, get out of here. Um, Dude. You got to watch <laughs> Nice Dreams to see Pee Wee Herman as a cokehead. I don't really smoke weed all that often, like every so often with friends. Like I got a I got a buddy who does it all the time. They're not really movies that appeal to me all that much and I do tend to find the non-stoner based humor to be funnier. But I, but I do I do enjoy laughing at stoners every now and then, but it's like I like I like movies like Fear and Loathing in, in Las Vegas more more based on just the fact that I like Hunter Thompson's work. Um, and I like movies like another one like uh, like I like the Friday the 13th films just because I love slasher films. And I'll just I'll watch anything that will appeal to me for what it is. Not so much, you know, are there stoners in it or, or whatever? Like it's not uh, like anything that appeals to me. I'll, I'll check out not necessarily what genre it is or whatever. Well, I think the best stoner entertainment can be enjoyed by uh, people like Josh and Cecil who have never uh, never smoked pot. My favorite example, the one that I know will get both of you, C-Lab. Oh, C-Lab yeah. could not be more aimed at stoner. C-Lab 2021? The, yeah. The, okay. Charlie, since you're our special guest tonight, special in quotes, where can we find you? Probably high. Uh, you can find me high on Facebook, high on Twitter, Hi on geekjuicemedia.com, uh, where you can get my album Zen as fuck. I've <laughs> never before this moment right now have I been more proud of that title. All right, Cecil, where can people find you? You know, the robot. Yes, they can find me at uh, goodbadflix.com as well as geekjuicemedia.com. 
And Peter, since this is your first episode and you are joining the show, since you'll be here all the time, where can people find you? You can find me on the corner of 83rd. Uh, if you're a regular, I'll give you half off. But if you're a newcomer, I'll have to charge you full price. Um, you can also find me at, on YouTube. I'm the the cinemasochist. I make I make videos sometimes. They're they're good. I'm I'm good. I promise. Check me out. I uh, I review movies that many consider to be bad, but that uh, I enjoy very greatly, like the like the Lyle Alzado slasher film Destroyer. Would you arguably say they are good bad flicks? Well, I, I think that would be copyright infringement, Josh. It would be trademark infringement, technically. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I am incorporated, goddammit. <laughs> All right. And you can find me at 1201beyond.com. You can contact the show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Try and have a good night, guys. If you toke up, then you toke up. If not, watch Reefer Madness to see what the inside of Charlie's brain actually looks like. <laughs> Just don't drive there. <laughs>
1201 Beyond production. Visit 1201beyond.com for more great shows.